I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week, it's a full house. You have me, Dave. You have Chris. Hey. And you have Leo. Hello. This week, we have a guest who comes to us by way of Maine, which I hear is super warm this time of year. So with that, let's bring in Jay Beal. How you doing, Jay? Hey guys, awesome to be here. And yeah, it's 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 beautiful weather, super warm. It's not snowing at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I I tell you what, last couple of days here, I feel like I was living in Maine. It's been apparently crazy everywhere. So yeah, yeah. I've gotten about sixteen inches of snow this week. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's more than we have right now, but it's piling up. So yeah, but see, up in, up in Maine, they're used to it. They know how to actually deal with it down here we're like yeah. oh my god stop we're we're gonna shut down 50 miles of a world's heaviest traveled interstate yeah yeah <laughs> I, I would like to make very clear no one does what huggy just did except huggy that's not, a, <laughs> that's not like a standard virginia response to snow it is. oh yes it is yes it maybe is maybe internally but no one says it like that oh you should have been on 95 trust me i was over there and they sound like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I wish we'd had like he's a maniac, maniac yeah. when we used Jay. That oh, would be awesome. Oh man. I could do like I, I did it in my head, but you know. So did I. No. I Perfect. <laughs> so Jay, why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself? Um, well, I, I'm uh, my name's Jay Beal. Uh, I grew up here in Maine um, on a little on a farm with my family. I was born in my parents' basement. Um, we Actually, that, that's going back way too far. We all skipped all of that. But, um, and uh, I started shooting USPSA back in 2017, the end of 2017. Um, and just kind of like immediately, well, I, I fell in love with it before I even started shooting the sport where I was, I was listening to podcasts before about, about the sport. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Uh, and, and so now it's been, what, like four or five years uh, and I've been competing and stuff. Not, not, I, I don't shoot that many matches, but, um, but I have, I'm, I'm very passionate about it and, uh, and I love it. And so that's, and then, and then I got invited by these guys onto a podcast. So now I'm here. So <laughs> how awesome I that? like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Oh boy. That's definitely, uh, brings up some interesting questions. I actually just wrote down a couple questions we got to do for follow-up. So yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. Once we get to our initial five, we may just start there. All right, Leo, start us off. All right. Uh, so we usually do, like you've heard, we do a segment and it's just a couple five questions, get to know you. So since you've listened to the podcast, I'm hoping that these are rapid fire. You've already got the answer, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, First question, what is your favorite movie? Okay, I, I did think about this. And this this would have been 
yeah, rapid fire, which I should just say it. Um, but it's Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, All right. That, I'm that on board. My, my favorite movie. Everybody's like, it has no plot line. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. It doesn't make sense. But I think it's like the, the greatest. Just there's so it's I get so much joy watching that movie. And I've watched it many, many times. Love it. So I, I think that's great that you say that, though, because the, it, I think it is successful for the same reason that Seinfeld was successful. Show about nothing. It's no, you know? nothing. Move about nothing. Just some dude and random stuff happens. And I got to be honest, now all I want is some tots. Yeah, I just want some tots. And then I there's just this. Tots, man. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. throw them in your pocket. Yeah. That's all I want. Oh. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> just want some tots. God. Jeez. <laughs> Yet another movie I've not seen. You too oh, can yeah. look like this. Oh, Dave. Okay. <laughs> you you got to watch that, buddy. You got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's gonna watch it be like I've just lost respect for three people. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's gonna hate it probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Oh, all right, Jay. Here's question number two for you. What is your favorite book? Um, I I don't so I, I don't read much outside of like shooting books um, or okay. or anything related to that i i did read some game of thrones books but i i it was um i they're not my favorite books so um my favorite book it, it's with winning in mind by lanny basham but so that's the official answer and then um his son wrote a book uh troy basham wrote a book called um attainment uh which is the 12 elements of elite elite performance which that one that one's way up there on the list as well um, okay that's cool. I mean, that's that's that's, that's your favorite book. I, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. That's I'm it. down with. It. I, I'm down with winning in mind. Oh, look at that. Oh, Dave is showing the book up there. Attainment. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So that. All right. Now, now this is going to lead into my my next question. Okay. Of course, it's my famous question. <laughs> of course, I I've got the shirt on. I don't know if it's famous. It's a question. I know. No, it's, it's famous. Famous. Yeah. It's very See. Okay. Okay. So, so who is your favorite superhero? I, and this has nothing to do with the movies just coming out now, but Spider-Man is my favorite. I, I, I watched the, the, the new ones when they came out, when it was new a while ago. And I just thought it was so cool to like climb around on walls and like shoot spider webs out of your wrists. I mean, it's awesome. I was right, so, really hoping so, you were going to say underdog, but that's from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a whole other thing. But, We're not yeah. giving underdog any more credit. Where <sighs> man, See? that would have been awesome. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been so happy. So the question is: Now, did you try to be Spider-Man when you were a kid, like trying to jump off the dresser and swing across the, the bedroom there? I I probably did. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely thought about it. It was so cool. Oh, okay. So cool to think. I mean, like, I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> it is pretty cool. That is. Cool. Um, have you ever seen any of the original series? Uh, I don't think so. So I'm not, no, I'm not a huge fan, but yeah. you know, but I, I, yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, well, getting a little bit more into it, uh, favorite gun and caliber, and they do not have to, they're not mutually exclusive. They can be a pistol caliber and a rifle or what have you. Okay. Um, favorite gun is, uh, 
a 410 shotgun that's like a single action, just a, a break. Um, I got it when I was a when I was a kid. I think my dad got it for me. Um, and then my favorite caliber is is just nine millimeter because that's what I shoot. So it's my favorite. <laughs> okay, we get that a lot. I gotta be honest. Yeah. yeah. I was very thinking, understandable yeah. given the sport that we're in. So and like, yeah, those, it like is. I own a 410 shotgun and then like two Glocks and I I sold everything else to buy nine millimeter. So I guess it's my favorite. It's good. Yeah, no, I get that. That's science, guys. Science That's basics. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, you almost have to take out a second mortgage to buy a nine millimeter. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last question we make specific to you. And it's an actual two-parter. Okay. First part is I've poked and prodded your IG account pretty good. So I hope pretty you're not bruised. Yeah, I hope you're not <laughs> bruised too badly. Uh, um, Leo's got the head tilt. <laughs> I am, I am so curious as to where this is going. All the way back to the basement. Yeah, I was about to say, we already talked about basements and stuff. So it puts oh. the lotion in the <laughs> Now... I followed your link to your farm store. Yeah. Who I even looked around in your recipes. Who came up with those recipes? So my my wife manages that that account and she does she does so much so much work with that and she makes recipes and or well she find I think she I think you find them around online and then she'll make them and and take pictures of them and and all that. But yeah, that's all my wife. <laughs> She does a great job with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, those are some of the most. That's for you, Leo. Look on the far left there. Ooh. Oh, that was the first thing I saw. Just, I just oh, yeah. Very, I don't know if you can tell. There's certain things I'm going to notice more than others. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I do love yeah. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese, yeah. They've got all kinds of stuff cheese, there cheese and blueberries, jam, all of it. Yeah. I was uh I was really surprised by the um all of the recipes you had though. I was scrolling through there and I was like my mouth was watering. It was pretty uh, pretty impressive. I mean, you have pictures with it, you've got it the recipe. Makes it feel better that wasn't just me. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I I get to sample all of them and eat all of them. So it's really good. I'm really lucky with that. <laughs> this is where I get annoyed because that means you should look like me or, or Huggy. Yes. And you don't. <laughs> exactly. Not a, n yeah. It's a little frustrating. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> right. It's fine. All right. Fine. So part two is it looks like you built your own house. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it took... It took about four years. Um, we just finished it this, we just moved in this fall. Um, and uh, my, my dad, my brother and I, um, that's what we, we used to do that. And then we took over more, more of a farming role, but um, we used to build timber frame houses for people, um, just the frame. And so that's what we do. And so I, I did it with a lot of help from my dad and my brother. Um, but, uh, but yes, I built my own house. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Okay. I, I yeah. What I love, I love woodworking. I like working with my hands. Um, anything like that. Uh, it's awesome. Okay. Wow. Like yeah, I saw you'd awesome. even posted pictures where you were doing um, plumbing. 
So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I I kind of learned some things along the way with, with doing that. Um, I didn't do any of the rough in plumbing, but I I did some finish up stuff with with my dad and uh, got all of that sorted out. Um, and everything works now. There's no leaks, though. I did find some when we. That's good. In. And then I oh, did you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Nothing kind of. Oh goodness. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> oh boy, trial and error, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so now to start this off, so you, this is really uh, intriguing to me because, well, first off, when did you shoot your first gun? Um, I was probably maybe like ten, around there. Uh, Okay. Just shoot, you know, shooting like cans and stuff. I think it was probably a twenty-two. Just um, plinking, okay. Yeah, just plinking. Um, and then did some did some hunting and stuff, a little bit deer hunting when when I was older. Um, but then kind of stopped after I was like sixteen. I, I didn't really shoot until I was twenty-one when I when I bought bought my first handgun. Yeah. Okay. So how? All right. This is the part that's intriguing to me because I've never heard of anybody starting to get into competition shooting by listening to a podcast first and then deciding they were going to shoot that. How do you yeah. find a podcast about shooting <laughs> when you're not doing that? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And so I, I got, so I got a, I got a handgun. Um, and, and I, started listening to podcasts about like carrying it um and and listening to podcasts you know about concealed carry and stuff like that and then um that pretty quickly was like okay yeah but like how do i shoot better um because that seems important um and so some people on the podcast would mention things about competition and so so i ended up listening to a podcast um that was primary primary and secondary uh podcast and they had one all about like you know tactical people shooting competition and i was like okay cool and so they mentioned in that podcast um uh different podcasts like like best eggers uh at the time and um steve anderson's podcast and so i went okay. and just basically dropped all things tactical or carrying a gun or anything like that and just listened to stuff about competition um and decided that i was gonna go shoot i was like okay cool like where's a match near me and i found one that was like three hours away um and and just lit and and then i even before the match though like i signed up a month ahead of time and i was dry firing like for like a month before that before going to my my match um and i should back up too because this this information I've, I've talked about this before in other podcasts but I was, I was doing like Steve Anderson stuff. And, um, and before, before I shot the match, I was like, I'm going to shoot USPSA. I'm going to go 100% into this. I'm going to be, I'm going to make a grandmaster. That's going to happen. I'm going to do all that stuff. Um, and, and it was really exciting to go and show up to a match and shoot. And, um, and I, I feel like I, I knew it already. I was already, already in it. And, uh, it was, it was so much fun. Wow. Yeah, because normally when you start listening to shooting podcasts, like, and it, you don't have a gun, that puts you on like some kind of watch list or something. Yeah, I feel no, like, like you know, 
Yeah, I got a, I got a gun before I started listening, so it wasn't it wasn't too weird. Okay, so okay, that's it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> At least that that's what I'll say publicly. But. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> for listeners out there. Not crazy. Not crazy. now is yeah. is three hours away the closest match to you? Um, no that that was the. That was one of the further ones away, um, but I didn't know. It was the first one that I found. Um, that was Maine Practical Shooters in Augusta, Maine. And then uh, I found one called uh, Hamden Rifle, Rifle and Pistol Club, which that's two hours away. And then um, last year or the year before, a, a club like 45 minutes away from me started up. And so they have, um, they have USPSA matches. Before that, they were running outlaw, outlaw matches. Um, and actually it's, it's funny because I went and shot an outlaw match at that club one time, like I, and I thought it was like a USPSA match. So this was, this was probably a year before I shot USPSA. Um, and I shot an outlaw match there and, and I thought they only ran it one time a year. So I thought they ran this like cool match, but it only happened once a year. And so I went to that match and was like, this is really cool, but I didn't ask anyone, like, can we do this more? I just was like, I guess I'll come back in a year. <laughs> so that was, I did shoot. I shot one outlaw match before I shot a USPSA match like a year later. <laughs> um, wow. It, I didn't know. I didn't know to ask anybody. I was like, this is really, really cool. How come no one's telling me that this is a thing? <laughs> so, <it> was, <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking, remembering that now. <laughs> Goodness. Nobody, nobody said anything to you because you probably smoked them. And they were like, don't tell us <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so you, your first match was in 2017? Yeah, my first USPSA match was uh, October 2017. Yeah. And October of 2020, you were fifth at Nationals. So yeah. in three years, you went from not having shot a single competition to fifth at nationals. That almost sounds like you cheated. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not calling you a cheater. I'm just saying that's almost like cheating. So Leo, would you refer to him as like underdog? Like he came from nowhere and like came out there. So is this like, is he like the underdog superhero that you're talking about? Like, you know? No, he's just really good at shooting. Okay. I was just, just, <laughs> <laughs> so okay so i know that you do a lot of dry fire a lot of dry fire yeah that's pri my primary training um i i should say to um when i shot i shot my first basically the first year that i shot uspsa i shot it um i shot like my carry gear from concealment um and so i shot like open minor uh, for the first okay. year. Um, and for like, and I, and cause I had watched some video of, um, I don't know if you guys know, like Gabe White, if he, his name rings a bell or, um, even Scott, Scott Jedlinski a little bit, uh, as well. Yeah. Did I know some, Scott like competing from concealment. So my initial goal was like to make grandmaster from concealment. Um, like I think Gabe White has made master in limited, uh, shooting minor. And so I was trying, I was trying to make grandmaster shooting minor in open. Um, wow. Which I, I made it to master, but then I switched to carry optics. So didn't quite <laughs> okay. <that>. But, <laughs> um, Almost. 
almost. Uh, but that that was yeah. But you you brought up dry fire, and that's that's the primary training um, because I'm I'm trying to do this whole thing on a budget, and and there's no other way to do it. Right. So what is what is your percentage of dry fire to live fire? Um, I haven't calculated out of an exact percentage, but I know like you, I haven't put this in a spreadsheet either, but I record, I record stuff in a journal. Um, and so like I average around like 2020, I shot, um, in, so this is excluding matches, but 2020, I shot like 3000 rounds live fire. And then, um, last year I shot 4,000. Um, and then. And then dry fire is, is pretty much daily for like 30, 45 minutes. Um, and it was more, more starting out when I started, it was two hours plus a day of dry fire. Um, wow. Okay. And yeah. so percentage, well, I, I would say it's like 95% dry fire, 10, uh, 5% live fire. Okay. I, I thought it was in the 90 percentile area. So yeah. Because I, yeah. I thought I I don't know if I heard you say it on another podcast or someone mentioned it, um, where you would literally just go and shoot five or ten rounds to confirm something and that would be your live fire. Yeah, and I I still do that. Like I I on average, um, I had I had three practices in twenty twenty one that were that were five hundred rounds, um. And they were spread out through the year. Um, and that was because a friend was helping me out with ammo. So I got to shoot some of his ammo. So that's why it was more. <laughs> okay. Um, and then and then all the other sessions averaged about 25 rounds per session. Um, or about wow. a magazine. Okay. Um, but that means you're very focused in on what you're doing when you get there, obviously. You have exactly. a plan and you're doing that plan. Yeah. I there's like no it. way around it. If I if I go off a plan, then I'm then I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so you are you shooting a Glock in carry optics? I, yes, yeah, I'm shooting a Glock uh, Glock 34 Gen Gen 4 in carry optics. Yeah. Okay, so your optic mount is that? Did you have to have the slide cut, or did you use the um, rear sight dovetail? I just I got a Glock 34 MOS. Um, okay. And gotcha. just put whatever plates they had, um, the screws that come with it for, yeah, so I'm sure, uh, like with an SRO, um, the screws that come with it, you have to, like, shave them down, and then they fit, and lock tight, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, just the plates that come with it, Glock 34 with an SRO. Now, you know, Trigicon has actual screws that'll, you have to ask for them, but they have shorter screws that'll work. Man, when you have like a file and like a pair of ice grips, you're good, right? <laughs> he said, I'm a country boy. <laughs> I know what my skills are like, so I picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, I need some shorter screws. Yeah, Dave, here I don't want it. Like We're balling on a budget, man. Yeah, I'm on a budget. I want to shoot today, and I, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, $7 you can't. plus shipping and handling would have blown the budget for ammo for at least, Definitely. I don't know, some period of time. Some period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So you've got your Glock 34 with it. How do you like your SRO? Yeah, good. Um, I, I've broken one of them. Um, I have oh, three. Oh, wow. 
Um, but I don't, I, I think if I, I mean, I know if I shot more, I'd break more of them. Um, but, but I guess that's a pro, uh, a, 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 like a benefit to not shooting that much is that your gear doesn't break. Um, but yeah, I like the SROs. Um, but mostly because like I already have them. So why would I switch to anything else? Um, All right. Now, how, how did it break? Uh, one time it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't turn on. Um, I tried new batteries and stuff like that. It just, it went off. I don't, it wasn't when I was shooting, but I, I picked it back up. Um, and the, the dot was off one time. Not exactly sure what happened. Yeah. Um, but I sent it back and they got it back to me in like five, six weeks or something like that. So I don't know if that's good or not, but I got it back. And that's when I bought a third one. Um, so then I, I bought a brand new dot and had that. Okay. That blew the budget. <laughs> yeah, that did, that did not help, but <laughs> had to be done. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't afford cheap. those screws. Yeah. <laughs> I should have had them send me screws with it, but I should be I like, hey, why well, yeah, exactly? I'm giving you a lot of money. Hook a brother up with some screws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I shoot I shoot a canic and I've got an SRO on it, so they're definitely not cheap, but they're very nice. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Now you also you've posted um quite a few videos shooting different props now yeah. i take it i take it you or you and your brother make those yeah um initially like yeah my brother uh he made a stomp a stomp pad like for activating moving targets um because we wanted to bring one to a match and we didn't you know no one had one so my brother made one of those and then um and then I made a wall, uh, yeah, a wall with a sliding rope. Basically, I was trying to force shooting one-handed um, without, you know, writing it in a description or something like that. I wanted to just force that to happen. Um, I think, I don't know if that would, it was, we brought it to a level one match. We used it one time. Um, I'm not sure if it would work with PCC. I'm not sure how the rules would go around that because maybe you have to like rest the rifle in the, in the window and pull the rope. I don't know. It might be weird. But... <laughs> Um, but, but I made, made one of those and I, I'm just trying to do literally everything possible in dry fire and then do the, do the essential things in live fire. That's, that's the goal. So like, if I can make props that help with that or replicate things, then I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah. I, I well, and, uh, Shannon created a stage at this year's nationals where, um, you held an ammo can in one hand and fired at targets with the other. And yeah. he said he, that was basically built just for PCC, just to yeah. see how they would manage it. So, so maybe I can bring that to any match. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he did make the best uh, prop ever, which I have to say. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. I, yeah, I listened to the episode not long ago. That was a good episode. And yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the, the whole. The whole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, if Shannon's listening again, I'm like, I'm hoping uh, this year's Nationals, he'll have one in there. So I want to see it again. You know, I, oh, I yeah. I want to see it again. 
I, I definitely yeah, want to see that kid. <laughs> I'm definitely shooting half the number of rounds at it this time. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I want to make I sure need. that I call it out when I go go to that to that target. I'm gonna make sure everybody knows I'm getting ready to hit, hit that hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had it and, and to bring that up at the at the match because um, you guys were talking about it I you guys didn't have a heads up about it but um, someone had told me about it and they said it was like the day of or the day before they said that if you shoot through the hole it makes a difference this the tone of the steel ringing is different than if you hit around the outside um, oh, and so the tone of- through, yeah so the tone through the hole was a higher pitch ding. And the tone on the outside was like more of a, like a thud or lower, duller sound. Um, yeah, they, I know. I hit that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was real. It was a very depressing, just boom, boom, as it haunted my dreams. It was like a mesmerizing <laughs> gong of depression. Was that before or after you shot the cable? That was, oh, yeah, I didn't get to that point until after I had shot the cable the first time. Or the was, only uh, time, but. Was that the activator cable for the bobber? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All the way back where it connected. Oh, like man. it wasn't at it wasn't at the steel plate. It was all the way back there. <laughs> you want to talk about jerking something low left? Like that was. I am bad. gonna have to upload that video so we can play that sometime because that is hysterical. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hit, that was the one and only time I could just destroy steel. I was just like, "Oh, I'm hitting all the steel in the world." Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. So you were fifth at nationals in 2020, but you were you didn't go last year. You didn't go in 2021. No, I didn't go in 2021. I had all of the plans to go. I was set up um, to go and uh, and. And then, you know, th- things happen and, and I had to, there was a decision that had to be made on whether or not, like, I I would, you know, be with my wife, who at the time was, like, going to be eight, eight months pregnant. You know, she's getting mm-hmm. near the end. Um, and if I was going to go away for a week and leave her with my two-year-old, with the two-year-old son. And, um, and she had asked me also to stay a couple of times. <laughs> And I was like, I better say yes eventually here. <laughs> Cause I'd said, like, right. oh, I have to go. I have to go. I, um, I, I was a smart move on your part. Yeah. I'm with yeah. Leo. So very yeah. smart. Yeah. It, As someone I, with I, two young kids at home. Yeah. It was a good move. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's what happened. And I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm happy with that decision. Um, obviously I would have loved to shoot the match, uh, but I got to watch and be a, be a, a, um, be a real fan of the sport for, for one time and, and kind of get, get to see it from, from that perspective. So that was cool. Um, and cheer, okay. cheer on my friends and all that. So there was other bonuses <laughs> and I got to you so, know, be, be helpful to my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And not be divorced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah. what, what was it like having shot the year before and then being at home and watching it, as it occurred i mean it was it was a lot of like oh man i wish i could i wish i could have been there and shoot that stage or like you know and and um 
and it would have been on, you know, on with the super squad as well. And so that would have been a cool experience. I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't shot with a super squad before. Um, and, and so there was a lot, there was a little bit of that, but, but also it was, it was cool to, I guess, just enjoy it. I think it was just enjoying it as a, as a fan, um, and following scores, uh, and kind of, and getting to do that. So it was, it was more fun than, than not, but I, I was it under was, less pressure than I would have felt. I think if I was there, so that's nice. for sure. It was well, uh, that would have been from shooters and your wife. You would have just yeah. felt her eyeballs yeah. on the back of your head the whole time. Like, wow, wouldn't be real nice. You can have fun instead of being at home, watching your kid and taking care of me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> exactly. And I'm exactly. sure she's a lovely lady, but yeah. 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 yeah it was a very good call. Yeah, so it was it was cool to it was cool to watch, um, and uh, it was a good one to watch too. It was really exciting because like day one, Phil Strader was was at first I think. Yeah. And then and then, I, you know, it, it got it got interesting. Uh, very very some some different some lessons to be learned also from that match, uh, just just from people watching just on just on what consistency does. Um, and, uh, and on, and watching what happened to Max as well. And, and, and kind of the mental, the mental side there, um, and seeing, you know, like make, you know, make, making guesses on what he was trying to, trying to do. Um, and maybe the key word there is trying something, um, and trying to keep pace with other people, uh, and, and seeing how that worked. And, and, and so it was a, it was a learning experience from, from people watching and paying attention as well. I was yeah, going to say because I was going to say was that was it very helpful for you in your preparing yourself for the future to say okay I'm watching these guys with their mental prep with their mental game how they're shooting now seeing all that does that help you with yourself saying like when you're dry firing you're saying okay now I can kind of see how things are uh, how these competitors that I'm going to be going up against working and the high can maybe use it to my advantage oh yeah a absolutely and that yeah that you brought up kind of a cool uh, a fun piece there which is like putting yourself in your mind in situations that that maybe you'll find yourself in maybe you won't um but putting yourself there uh and so that was a good i guess like it was just easy to 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 pull scenarios from that match and put yourself in those scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny you talk about Max because I was going to ask you what you thought of the results, but um, you know, I because when when you shot nationals, he had a he had a bad first day, and Wanzik was in the lead by like I want to say seventy five points. Yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty good sized lead, and then in day two. He was like second on the first stage and then won every single stage thereafter that that day to yeah. get back into the lead. And the funny thing I noticed, I pulled it up just to confirm uh, when I was looking over the results before, Max actually had the fastest time this year at Nationals. He yeah. was four seconds ahead of JJ time-wise, but I, the hits just weren't there i guess yeah which so I, I mean it could mean a, it could mean a few different things i 
I think the thought, like, it's really easy to think, and I, I obviously I don't know, and, and a lot of you know only Max knows. Um, but if he was if he was watching JJ shoot and thinking, okay, I need to I need to be faster than that, um, and then and then making a decision based off of speed from there, that's entirely speculation. I mean, Max is obviously right. very fast, um, but but something happened mentally, visually, what, whatever. For, for points to fall off in that in that significant of a way. Yeah, I mean he had he had eight mics, and that's I can't imagine that being his normal way. You know, uh, yeah. he they had double double the number as JJ, and Zhang, who was second, only had one mic. Vlieger only had one mic. Mason yeah. only had three you know so you go down the list nils only had two but nils had a no penalty mic and a no shoot yep. so you know he had a couple of penalties that hurt him um but i mean yeah definitely didn't seem to be to find someone else who had that many mics i have to go down to 27th place yeah so yeah you typically don't win nationals with eight misses i mean yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened before, but you got to be yeah. it's gotta, you got to be a lot faster then. And I don't know if you can even make up for it. maybe. I mean, depending on the field, um, things shift around for sure. But but that's yeah, some something happened there, and I think that that's a whatever the takeaway is for Max. I'm sure he's learned from that. Um, and then I think whatever the takeaway is for other people putting themselves in different positions, whether they were there or not can learn from that as well. Um, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. It's like, uh, what is, what is Steve's favorite phrase? Rush, try, hurry. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been going on. And one person. Yeah, so, it could have been. So da, Dazi, uh, Zhang, or, or I, I've, I've messaged him a couple times just previously to that, but he shot, I mean, his time was significantly, significantly slower than JJ's, but his points yeah. were amazing. And way higher. Yeah. And that's, it's so interesting to, for, for a minor division like that, to see that, that difference where you have JJ as an open shooter shooting carry optics. And then Dazi who's been shooting carry optics for a long time and going into that match with, with his, his mindset, which I, I I'm pretty sure he made a post saying that like he was just going to go out and, and, and shoot comfortably the, all the time. Um, and that gets you, really close with his skill like he's he's obviously extremely good that gets you pretty close to winning as well yeah yeah that uh a percentage and a half yeah 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 he was at 98.5 percent. but you're right i mean um he was 17 seconds slower than jj sure but yet he had you know 18 more alphas and three fewer misses he only had one mic. He had no penalties whatsoever. And it reflected, you know, where he was right there nipping at his heels. Yeah. Yeah. So who it's knows cool. what who knows what he'll do next year. Exactly. This is the this is the fun about it, which you know, we get to that's it's exciting to watch. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now do you do you think you'll make it back? to nationals in 2022 yeah that's that's the plan that's the plan to shoot 
the standalone match. Um, and immediately when that was announced, I was like, oh, awesome. And then I looked at the other nationals and I was like, oh, wait, I want to shoot that match instead because that one looks cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but, like i want to i want to shoot for four days i want to shoot 26 stages you know like the test the test becomes um i mean Sh shannon said it pretty well when on on there like he said you know the, the best shooter is going to win no matter what but the test it rewards consistency more the longer the yes. mess um, i agree and and me personally i i'm all for shooting more stages whenever i whenever i can shoot more stages it i it helps me um, and it, because that's, that's my game. I'm, I'm, I'm consistent all the way through. And so if you give you more, give me more stages, give other people more opportunities to mess up and, and, and I'll, and then I can be, you know, in the mix. <laughs> so it's, right. I'm, I'm, you know, I think 18 stages is like bare minimum, like 20, 21, 22, that's getting better. Um, I, I would agree. 24 to 26 that's really nice you know yeah like i'm i'm excited that it's a standalone they're gonna fill that thing up with 500 carry optic shooters yeah. um but at the same time you know i do wish that it was more like it was down at uh frostproof you know where you've got 21 stages yeah versus the 15 or so we're going to get down at CMP. So, yeah, but the contract was signed, so that's the, that's the range. That's what we have. Yep, it is. Now, what I will say is this: in order for you to show up, they know what causes pregnancy. <laughs> you know, you would have saw it. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm putting. Listen, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to go in depth. They know what causes it. There'll be no basement talk. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just remember. Just remember that you know attendance for is mandatory in order to place. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Um, yeah. Yes, we'll move on. Not a sermon. I think. Just a thought. I mean, that's this is wisdom just for everyone to consider from Leo, which I think if if we're going to get one takeaway from this podcast, I'm basically a doctor, people. Uh, not actually a doctor, but we know what it's. It's 2022. We we know what causes this. <laughs> and listen, I have the affliction too. I got two of them jokers, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so just you know, pr priorities. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Leo didn't shoot at all last year because he had little ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. Selfish these things. Yeah, they're, they, they, they're, they're takers. Really are the selfish ones, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, rude. Horrible. I, I mean, I love them. Obviously, I love my kids. You know, they're great. They are. Obviously. But they're all yeah. consuming. They're all yeah. consuming. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, going back to when you first started, you started listening to the podcast and reading books and all of that. Um, you started doing Steve's, Steve Anderson stuff. Yeah. Um, now, I know you're a Steve Anderson sponsored shooter. So, at what point did you and him kind of hook up? So, so 2017, 18, and then halfway through, or towards the end. Well, it was like September 2019 that um, 
he came up to do a class. Uh, a friend of mine hosted the class, um, and uh, I was I was excited to go. And that was right after I think I made GM like the month before, um, and I was still super excited to go and take a class with Steve, um, and to get to meet him and to be like, hey, I did your drills. Like I mean, like so many people say to Steve all the time, which is like, hey, I did your drills. And like, I got, I, you know, I, 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 I got faster and, um, I competed in, in match mode and you want to tell Steve all this stuff when you, when you, when you do that program really <laughs> intensively. And so it was, right. it was super exciting to do that. And I, I honestly, I kind of took the class to be like, to go meet him. Um, but I ended up getting a, a whole bunch out of the class itself, but then, uh, um, and then Steve had sent me a message uh, I think it was the month after, um, kind of just, kind of just talking about it. He was, he's been talking about kind of building up a team for a little while. And, um, and it was super cool to, to get like, you know, asked if I would like to be involved. And I, of course, absolutely. Um, and so, and from there, like he's been, he's been really cool. Steve, you guys had him on and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, well, people can go listen to I've, that, but, but. I've taken his uh, I've taken his class. Um, he came down to Virginia in 2019. Yeah, that's when it was, and I took that one. Kevin McPhee brought him down, yeah, and um, and then I took his mental management class last year. Yes, so I definitely like that. It was that's pretty good. That's an an impressive program. So. Obviously, I like the Lanny Basham stuff, so it, it goes along pretty well with all of that. Obviously, um, so you mentioned journals, and I know that Steve has mentioned it on his podcast, as well as when I took the mental management class. That the only thing you've ever asked for are journals. Yeah. <laughs> so how how frequently or how much are you? putting in there on a daily basis. So on every training session, um, I was trying, I'm trying to figure out ways to, to fill them up uh, not as quick. And so I've kind of sorted that out um, where I'll break, I'll break up a week of training into one entry, but I didn't do that for the first, for the first uh, like year and a half. Um, and so I took, I took mental management and got it. And I, I had a journal. Um, I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it until I took mental management. And then, and then, yeah, so I would write every, every training session would get an entry. Every match would get an entry. Um, and if people don't know, it's, it's, it's basically two pages um, that, that break down and, and, and you, you know, you write the date where it was, all that stuff. Most, you know, all the time for me, the date is what it is. And then it's, you know, the time and then it's in the basement is my dry fire. So that's location is basement. Um, and then, uh, and you write, you write down, you write down what you learned and then you write down, um, what you did, what you did well. And so that, that's, that's the format of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I filled up like there's 200 some pages in it. So, you know, basically every day there's, two, I guess there's 200 pages in one of those journals. So I was filling up filling them up pretty quick and then uh 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I was I ran out and then I needed more. So I asked you for <laughs> Yeah, I, I've noticed everything happens in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> everything. I was gonna save a question, be like, so you were born in a basement, you do all your drills in a basement. What other life things happen for you in a basement? Yeah. We're just right. not gonna we won't we won't talk about any of the other things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean he's got two kids, I'm just saying. <laughs> the basement's happening yeah um but yeah uh, transitioning back to the journals from that <laughs> um, <laughs> i i think the journal the journal part was like the the biggest i think i think chris is on mute <laughs> we like it that way yeah i keep myself that way i talk yeah. to myself out loud you know but go ahead go about your journal i'm listening yeah i for me personally, it's been like the most, the most valuable part of, of retaining information that I learn and, and, and items that I learned for technique or mental stuff and, and been like critical in building, um, self-image and, and confidence, uh, in, in myself because, because of everything that you learn in, in mental management with imprints, um, and imprints are, we get them like constantly, and, and Steve talked about this a little bit too, but we get them from everything we do, every conversation we have, and most, probably most important, in, importantly, every thought that we have about ourselves is an imprint. Um, mm -hmm. And so when you write something down, um, you're, getting, you're getting three imprints uh, when you write one thing down, which you're getting the imprint of, of reading it, so you're thinking it, and you're getting another imprint as you're writing it, and then you're getting another print imprint because you. Um, well, I might have just messed it up because I was I was losing my train of thought. But you get <laughs> Steve. Steve might listen to this and be like, "I, it's over now." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's on the team. <laughs> this is why. This is why I don't have my own podcast. So that's that's it. <laughs> but. But it, it helps with replicating um, replica, replicating the environment that, that you that you want to perform your best in or that you do perform your best in. And so anything that I can use to, to replicate that environment, I'm going to I'm going to do it. And so a journal, if it's going to help me um, build my confidence and or self-image, whatever you want to use, you know, the word for it then I'm going to use it. And so like, I, I would consider the journal cheating. Um, and, and I think that that's been really effective. Now <laughs> because, like, we know. Yeah. Now he did know. cheat. I mean, he like, just admitted. Yeah. I cheated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, cause how often, and, and I, I catch myself now with just, just in everyday life stuff, like, do you let thoughts come in that are, that are degrading to yourself of like whatever they are, you know, the, of you, maybe you did something. It wasn't, it wasn't just the way you wanted it or, or whatever. And then you let, you let yourself get, you give yourself a hard time about it. Um, and I, Steve had said this a while ago, but it's like, it's like trying to teach your kid, like how to tie their shoes was the example, but like, do you teach your kid how to do anything? And your kid's like three years old. And you just like yell at them when they can't do something. They're trying to tie their shoes and you're like, you're so stupid. You can't tie your shoes. You're never going to be able to. And then, 
and and it's like are they learning anything from that i don't i don't think so i think they're feeling bad about themselves and they'll probably be discouraged the next time they try so yep so exactly that that, that clicked with me and 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 it that's been huge for myself okay well so that brings up a few questions i i feel like um as you progress, you know, from the beginning where you were in 2017 to where you are now, like the journal takes on different meanings. It's going to mean different things. It's going to do different things. Like early on, I feel like it gives you an opportunity to learn and build your shooting skills faster because like you said, you're kind of um, imprinting all of those things that you learned about shooting so you're not forgetting what you learned. Yes. But now I, f I feel like you're at that point where your base level skill is super high. So while you still may need to, you know, be able to refine some shooting to engage that crazy moving target that uh, Targets USA has created. Yes. Um, or something like that, some other new challenging thing that they come up with. You might need to tweak something for that. You're not learning the basics anymore of shooting. You're just maintaining that level. But I feel like now, uh, and even Steve talks about, the higher your level of skill, the greater your confidence needs to be. Yeah. So I, I, is that? I, I think that's entirely accurate. Like now so many things, and not to say that like, I'm, I'm always trying to get faster and I'm always trying to get more accurate. I think Rob, Rob Latham said that at some point he's like, just, you're, you're always, you're always working to, to get faster and more accurate. And that, that never stops. And so like, I, I'm always doing that. I'm always learning technical things, but, but so much of this sport is around your behavior and your mental behavior at a match. Um, and, and like going out and seeing, you know, shooting a stage and, and, and taking the time that you need to see what you what what's required for the targets, as opposed to just like going through and shooting it without seeing much, um, and that but that takes discipline to do. And so, if you can make discipline a habit through through a journal or through recording information somehow, then yeah, that's it's huge. Like the mental lessons that you learn are going to be so much more powerful than than the technical ones long term. I think. So do you you, th you think the journals help you be consistent at matches? Yeah. And I I always recorded information but not to the degree of the journal. Like I only started doing the journal at the beginning of 2020. Um okay. And so before that I was it was just like you're saying pretty much it was technical stuff. It was basically I would just write that I trained today and I did and I did you know whatever I did. Um, it wasn't even, it was just like, I did this and it was just a check mark on, on a Google document where, that I would go down through. Um, but then it, then it became more than that. And I think at the beginning, you're just like, you learn skills so quickly and like, you can learn all the skills required in a really short amount of time. And so that's, that's exactly, that's where it relates back to what you said of like the journal becomes far more mental than it does the technical part, though the technical will still be there. Yeah, I, I agree. When I when I go back and look at I it helps me to remember some 
things that I learned in matches yes. that I don't, I don't necessarily learn in dry fire or even a live fire practice session, you know? So that's a, yeah. a big help for me to maintain focus as well. So, yeah. And, and what I'll do now, because I've been doing it for over a year is, is when I record an entry, um, then I will, I will also read an entry from a year ago at that, that same date or around that same time. Um, and then just cause if, if we don't read the entries that we make, then, then that information, we lose some of the retention for that information. So just as a habit to do, I I'll read the, I'll read entries from a year ago or whatever. And I'll, I'll imprint that information again. Um, and that's why it's so important to write in them, you know, correctly, or as, as Lanny Basham, Basham has laid out, um, because if you write in it, you know, things that you did wrong and, mm. and you're doing the exact same thing, you're doing more damage. Right. So do you catalog your books then? Because I, I mean, like you were saying, if you were putting in every training session you did every day yeah. for a year, well, you're, you're now almost into two full books. Yeah. Oh yeah. So are you like writing on the outside of your journals, what the dates are from this day to this day? So, you know, if I'm going to look at last year's January 7th, then I need to know which book to look in to go back to find that entry. Yeah, that would be really organized. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so like I'll have one like on my bedside that I know like I'm in within this month. So I don't do it quite in the exact day, but I'm like within the month. Um, okay. And I'm the one I'm writing on. Like that one kind of goes around with me because if I'm if I'm you know down in the basement training, well my bedroom's upstairs, so like you know it'll come it'll it goes around with me. And as I, you know, so because <laughs> I want to write things down immediately as I learn them, but then also there's other things that I'm gonna write down at the end of the day. Um, and so that's how I keep it. Like, I know, I know that I really should write on the outside of them at least the year. <laughs> there you go. At least a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I ask is, um, the, the biggest thing that I find is the match information. So I'm actually contemplating cause I didn't shoot much last year either. I only shot four matches. Yeah. Um, last year was just a, a terrible year, but I only shot like six, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm, I'm actually contemplating doing a journal just for my matches and then Thanks. one just for yeah. training. Cause that way I can always go back and it seems like I, you know, there, like I said, there are things that I learn in a match that I, I do, uh, good and bad that I need to learn from. And it, it seems to get lost in all of the pages of a normal journal. Like trying to find that entry is more difficult where if I have it in another book that I can go, oh, that's right. This is what this is what I've learned to do. This is what I need to add to my training so I can keep building on what I learned. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Like right now what I'll do. And this, I wonder if this conversation is going to be boring for people who don't have the journal, but who cares? That's yeah. It's okay. Oh, um, good. <laughs> we, uh, like what I'll do is to keep that organized, but I think I like the idea of a totally separate journal. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to start doing that. Um, 
is but I'll, in the beginning of the book there's the um where you record information and so there's a competition log and so like i'll put when i shoot a match i'll also record it in that competition log so then it's linked to a page number um and so then i can flip okay. back to the page but but a match a match journal would be would be smart um so i really like that idea i'm gonna do that i'm just gonna say <laughs> all right now, i like it when you win win dave's gonna <laughs> totally take credit for it <laughs> i mean listen i i took credit when max won when like when we shot what was it 20 was 2020 2020 because i gave him a fist bump uh, i mean this is actual tangible stuff he's giving you so i'm just saying if you win he's gonna lose his mind again mine was just a energy transfer through a fist bump so it, it's powerful stuff right there i mean i believe you and and Max probably does too. He's like, that was it. That was the moment. I mean, that's probably why he's too scared. I shouldn't say scared. He's too nervous to come on the show because he doesn't want to have to be like, hey, man, thank you for helping. You know yeah, he's I mean? got to yeah, acknowledge he it. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, okay. Leo was so mesmerized, he forgot to tell him the name of the podcast. We had a, I had an orange <laughs> billboard on my back. He probably <laughs> stopped looking at me the moment I left. So he probably didn't read it, but still. <laughs> I know. Hey, you got Jay to be on the show. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so here, here's a quick question I have for you. I, I, the one thing when we had um, Steve on, and I was talking to Steve. You know, I had mentioned then about some point I wanted to get you on, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Just don't ask him his training schedule. He's not going to tell you his training schedule." I'm like. Okay, uh, but uh, here is a question, not about training schedules, but stage plans. I've talked yeah. to a lot of different, we've talked to a lot of different people and they talk about, oh, they'll, they'll talk to people and, and share their stage plans at uh, a major match. Do you do that? You seem like a very quiet person. So do you talk to the other competitors and share stage plans? I mean... If people are like asking me what I'm doing, um, I'll, I'll share information with with people. And it's kind of funny, like if you're in a squad with people too, like I'm not going to go walk the stage a different way than I'll shoot it. Like that's just dumb. <laughs> so it's like everybody knows. I mean, like I, I know if, if I'm shooting with people that I know, like we, we talk about stage plans all the time and we talk about we talk about what we're doing. And even even at nationals in 2020, like we were on a squad with with so many, like so many really good shooters. And, and we talked about, we talked about every single stage. Um, and I mean, not, okay. not in excessive detail, but just like roughly what the plan was. And then people, you know, people, you pick, you pick a plan based off of, based off of what your strengths are. Um, you, you know, you, you maximize those and then you minimize the, the weaknesses that you have that, that could be exposed in the stage. Um, or you pay special detail onto those. Um, but yeah, I, I'll t I talk to, I talk, I don't hide that stuff. And it's, and it's funny because Steve, Steve always says that, but like, I don't, I only kind of don't want to talk about it too much because I, I don't, I think my, my training schedule is right for me. Um, and I know right. that everybody's different and it, and if, if you go copying someone else's, even copying someone else's training schedule, then, then, you know, maybe I don't know. 
I don't want to lead people in the wrong direction. Like I don't, I don't teach people professionally. I don't do anything like that. And so, and I, I get it like just as a curiosity thing. Um, but I don't know. It's funny. It's, it's funny how Steve says that, but. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and I mean, I think you're exactly right. And here's a prime example. You were fifth in 2020. Mason Lane was fifth this year. You guys have completely different training schedules and routines. So it doesn't matter, you know, nobody's exactly the same. So I totally get it. And if anybody's copying anybody's training schedule, then they're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. And like, I get it. I could for sure see it at the beginning when you're like just trying to build up bulk skills. Like Steve has always said, and, and like, this is what I did for a long time, which was like, I did Steve's drills, like drills one through 12 for five minutes per drill, um, which takes about an hour. And I did that. Like I did that every day. Um, and, and then added on some drills at the end. And that thing, like at the beginning to build up just technical skill, like drawing the gun, transitioning the gun, reloading the gun, that's that works really well but then when you get to a to a certain point you kind of have to like customize for what works for you like i can't yeah. pick someone's training schedule that that requires fifty thousand rounds a year it doesn't work um and so and I, I i and maybe maybe what i'm saying doesn't make doesn't necessarily make sense to some people listening but um but there's so much value in, in learning, in the learning process and what, what occurs in the learning process is like getting into that state. Like there's a book, um, called the talent code. I think, I think Sean Griffith mentioned it when he was on, um, where it talks about deep practice and deep practice is like a state that you get in when you're, when, when the learning is occurring at a really high rate where you're learning a lot of information and and you're kind of, you're not, you're not analyzing a two, a ton, but you're just, you're just going through and you're, and you're just absorbing information with like a state of awareness. And that state takes different amount of time, different amounts of time for different people to get into. And it occurs in different environments. And so like I set up my environment to, to make that happen more often and then it's that's the same with matches like i'll set up my environment at a match to as often as i can to to put myself in in match mode for for steve's um for that kind of language but as often as i can in in a subconscious state under in the performance part when you're going to shoot a stage um and so it's different for everybody and because because everybody is different and i think that's like that's why it's valuable to hear, you know, just tons of different people talk about it. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I agree. I mean, because I feel like it's like anything else, you know, you take a piece from here, you take a piece from there and then you can make it your own so that it works for you. Yeah. You know? So I, I totally get it. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, for the other thing, like I will say, you know, my training when, when it's not, you know, when there isn't a ton of snow on the ground, like it's, I'm, I'm live firing pretty much every day. And I know a lot of people don't have access to that either. Like I'll shoot every day. And so that doesn't, it doesn't translate back and forth everywhere, you know, all around. And whether that's really good or not, like, I think, I think it, 
different things work really well for different people under their circumstances. Agree. So you said something earlier and it kind of triggered this thought. I don't know why, but it, it brought up uh, the AMU when they were on and talking to Jacob and John, uh, Jacob Hetherington and John Browning about their make ready. And when they were visualizing, they would visualize it as fast as they could. Now, yeah. what is your make ready visualization look like? Uh, it was cool to listen to that one too, because um, I think, I think mine is really similar to that. My visualization okay. or mental rehearsal starts out when I learn the stage. So I go up, I walk up to a stage. I'll walk through without even air gunning, just kind of like looking, looking at stuff. And then you, when you start to formulate a plan and you start to memorize the stage, then, then I'll start to visualize it at that point. And that those first visualizations are, um, take a lot of time with a, with an extreme amount of detail. And then as, as it gets closer to when I'm shooting, the amount of detail that I'm putting in has already been built. And so the detail goes away. And then my last visualization, I don't know if I, I wouldn't put speed on it, but, but there's, there's key points on it. There's visual markers on it. So the, the time that it takes me to rehearse the stage right before I shoot it is, is far less than the time it will take for me to actually shoot it. Um, okay. And, but again, that's, that's, a per, that's a personal thing. Um, right. And I actually don't know if that's a fact or not, whether or not it takes a lot. Because I, I don't know. Um, maybe it takes a while for me to visualize the stage. I'm not sure. But it doesn't, it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like it. So if I'm, if I'm going to, by explaining it, I'm only hitting on key points. Like, like there's the first spot in the target. There's a place where I need to run to. There's another, you know, it's really just like flash images of what I'm doing. And then okay. early on in the visualization, it's, it's like grabbing my gun. Like it's going to feel just like that. My grip's going to come together. I'm going to, I see the dot appear on the target. Like, so I'll see my dot on the target early on visualizations and I'll see it lift and I'll, and I'll feel my head move to, to the next position or to the next, wherever I'm looking. And so like details stacked on a ton at the beginning for me. And then okay. the detail falls away. And I think the detail falling away is that becoming subconscious or becoming programmed. In. Okay. So then you don't have to think. Oh, about wow. It. That's what I, th that's wow. what I think is happening during, during. Program. Okay. Yeah. Now do you, do you have that same amount like for a, for a short stage where competitors move and throw pretty quickly? It, do you still get to that same level of, detail or is it even needed because yeah, it's a short stage no it's the same all the time so like even even like el prez or something like that the detail would be would be really high so you you know you feel you feel your head snap around to the to look at the first target and at the same time you feel like or and i'm saying feel you're you're imagining it you're you're right. rehearsing this um and all the detail yet yeah, details jacked up really high at the beginning and then at the end, it's just, it's just really quick things of what I'm going to see. Yeah. That's okay. a really good question. That's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I would be curious to hear other people answer that in that format. So keep asking people that when you have people. Uh, I, I am, 
I am going to actually, I'm, I'm going to have to add that to my list of regularly asked questions. Yeah. Because that's, uh, it, it kind of struck me. I've asked someone else too. Oh, uh, was it Mason? Shoot, I forget who it was. Yeah, I think it was Mason that I asked that about as well. So I'm going to have to ask everybody who comes on from now on what their visualization looks like. Because when, when they said that, that they run through it as quickly as they could, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, it, that kind of, I was not expecting that answer. They mentioned they mentioned a good point during that, which is is also kind of like when you run through it, when and this and I think I think this is what also Mason said is what he'll run through he'll do that quick visualization as a as a confirmation that he is um, that there is no hesitation in the stage plan for him in the mind. Um, mm. So if you ha if you run across something where you're like, uh, what what are the what's around that corner? and you're hesitating, then it'll show it. that quick visualization is going to show you that. So I gotcha. So the, the idea behind that, I think, I think, yeah, you could catch it at make ready, but, but catch it earlier than that. Um, why not catch it sooner than that? That's what, you know, you, I guess if the speed speeds up towards the make ready, then you're going to catch it. But if you're doing it super slow and a lot of detail, right when you make ready, which maybe that's not, it depends on the progression, but then you, then you won't catch hesitation because you can think through what the next thing is to do. You have time to do it. Um, right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think the whole, the whole basis behind it, which I, I love talking about this stuff, but it's, it's like you get to shoot the stage before you actually go and shoot it. I think that's, that's the main point you get, to shoot the stage as many times as you want before you shoot it live. Um, and you get to decide ahead of time what's going to happen. And if you okay. can do that, then you, then you predict the future and that's, it's pretty cool. Maybe that's cheating. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I think, well, I, I know for, I know for certain that, that, uh, that visualization is a form of cheating. So that's good. I mean, I didn't sure. realize that you were a warlock. But uh, yeah, <laughs> many times as you want. That feels uh, a little inappropriate. <laughs> Some kind of wizard over here. <laughs> but Very it's cool. That, I mean, the mind the mind is really powerful, and we can imagine things, and they it's like they actually happen. Um, it's and like so Chris Angel over here. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was going to say, I imagine a lot of things that don't happen. Because you're not a wizard, right. I'm like, man, if this is if we put this on the Harry Potter level type thing, yeah, I didn't even make it there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there, there's Marvel. certain things where where you stay with me. You you know exactly what you're capable of doing, and then you program what what you're capable of doing. Um, now, if you were talking about like sitting at the table throwing down some food, I'm like the fastest you ever see. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so, oh, I moved my questions. Now, getting back to nationals, real quick. Um, I'm expecting that it's going to be stacked like it was this year. Yeah, I bet. I bet it will be probably more stacked. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm actually wondering if I like, like Jason Bradley wasn't there this year either. Um, and I, I send him messages on occasionally. I know he's still trying to take a break. Um, so I don't know if he'll be back to shooting this year or not, but I'm not sure assuming he is, I can see where there are two like squad a super squad a and super squad B. Um, yeah, they, could, they could probably make three squads to be, to be honest. You think so? You have top 12 from this previous year. Plus you have, you have a lot of people who didn't shoot last year's match. Um, who just didn't, didn't come to the match. I mean, even guys like Austin Aris, um, I mean, Casey Eusebio didn't shoot last year, Perry Optics. Um, and so there's a lot of people just like that, but then there's all of the people shooting open, usually that, that didn't shoot carry optics, which is like Kristen Seiler. It's Chris Tilly. It's uh, who knows who else is going to pick up a, a, a carry optics. Gun. So I, I almost think like, you know, three squads, definitely two, definitely two. You're right. Yeah. Uh, especially with, um, they're going to have like five, five or six weeks before, open national so it gives them plenty of time to put that gun down and and pick up their open gun christian seiler showing up and chris tilly and them wow that would make for a very interesting september yeah i think what's going to happen is that it's going to be like all super squads and then it's going to be like three normal people squads it's gonna be like Super Squad A, Super Squad B, and it's gonna go down to like Super Squad H, and then be like, oh, and then you know, people that don't stand a chance that just nobody else wanted to and come. And then yeah. Dave, Leo, and Huggy. Yeah. <laughs> like peasant squad is what they're gonna start calling it. It's not even gonna be Super Squad, it's gonna be the normal squads, which will be everybody that's awesome, and then the peasant squads will be like, oh, hey, we're here. There you go. We just came to watch other good people shoot. What would we just call the fan squad? Well, I want to be on that squad too, so I don't know how this is going to work. I mean, we're, we're pretty fun. Just saying. Yeah. I know. Like, hey, you want to talk about something that's going to build your confidence? Shoot against us. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to feel like a superstar. That's right. There will definitely be no stress because you'll be laughing all the time for sure. Yeah. I mean, hey, we, we know it. We know it. Like uh, Lanny, Lanny has said it before, and Steve has said it so many times. Like, the, the level of mental effort to win the Olympics is somewhere between, like, I what I might say it entirely wrong again, but it's, like, basically just have fun. Like, I'll just have fun today. Oh. So that that's part of the environment that, that if you can control that and set it up. That's why a lot of people, they don't like shooting on the super squad. Um, because We've had right. a few people say that, that they're like, I would rather not shoot on the super squad because it, it isn't fun. Yeah. So it's like. Either you bring all the fun with you, which that that's a challenge in itself, or you put yourself around people who who also have all of that fun. Oh, uh, we got you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we got Let's you covered. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Although it does get a little intense when when appetizers are on the line. I will Listen, say, man. Listen, I bet it does. You have to have a goal. <laughs> you always. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like one of these days someone's going to get shot in the foot on accident. Yeah. Oh, and appetizers are on the line. Yeah. <laughs> you got lobster rolls on the menu. We, we're going to have a fight. 
Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be dirty. <laughs> Lobster rolls. This is how great. we do. Lobsters. He, he gets Lobsters. it. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, that's what I've got. You guys have anything more? Yes, but Huggy, I'm gonna let you go first. If you anything. Oh, okay. Well, I was hoping Jay that I want all the listeners out there, if you can, go to the YouTube and look at this episode on YouTube because I want Jay and all the people that can't, but Jay to explain his podcast studio. Oh, I got you. Wait. Can you say I want you, I want you to tell the listeners you're about your podcast studio right now. Oh, my podcast, my studio. Yeah, this is my official studio and home office, um, which would be <laughs> which would be my wife's car. Um, and and I've gone and parked um, in. Uh, well, it's it's snowing extremely hard out right now, and I'm I parked somewhere on on the farm, and. Uh, and snow is piling up on top of the car, uh, but but my Wi-Fi signal is excellent. <laughs> so, yes, it is actually. So just just for safety's sake, you may want to like ping your GPS coordinates on an off chance we got to call somebody and be like, "Hey, he's here on on this grid." Yeah, <laughs> just for, for safety. Yeah, for safety. Yeah, we can actually. I can hear the snow. Yeah. yeah. I actually that. thought it was Huggy typing at one point, and I'm like, hey, I didn't know how to type. Yeah. No, I, I, I eventually figured it out, and I'm like, yeah, Huggy can't type. I don't know what I was thinking. Hopefully, it doesn't ruin the audio. Ah, uh, no, we're, we're too loud for that to let that happen. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I just want, I'm telling you, I love the scene, the setup. Like we were talking before, is the fact that. It looks like you're driving down the road. You could be like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's like one of those episodes of something out of the movie scene. Yeah. I should just I mean, I could, I could. I'll just put the phone right over here to, to right. the side or whichever. Right. right. I could mean, see some I could see some good memes coming from this one right now. Just some <laughs> good meme screen captures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It works. Yeah, I can't see through my windshield right now, so that's okay. I won't share the, pod, the podcast audio with the windshield wipers, so we won't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Leo. That's... Okay, so uh, you you are you you operate a farm, correct? Yeah. Like you you okay? So you were born on a farm. That's right. In a basement on a, but on a farm. Yeah. So a couple of questions because I, I know I, you've listened to the to, to the to the show, and we've come to, we, yeah. we've discovered there's a formula. Yeah, yeah. There's a formula for going. being a winner. Were you homeschooled? Yes. Yes. Okay. How Did tall you are you? I'm not tall enough. <laughs> Damn <Yeah>. it, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I almost had it. I know. I was thinking as this. We was were so down. close. <laughs> like, I'm gonna send you. Okay, so now we've discovered. We got to send you a couple things: journals with fun pictures on the front, and lifts yep. for your shoes. Okay. Yeah, Lee. I need lifts for my shoes because, like, you know, like I'll I'll put on my driver's license that I'm like five eleven, but really I say to my friends I'm five ten, but when you actually measure me, I'm five nine. 
So I'm like, I'm five, I'm five nine. <laughs> He's oh. just going down, down, Man. down. Yeah, I Man. should really just say, you know, six, six. Wait, what do you need? To, you need to be six, right? At the minimum. Yeah, minimum, you have to be minimum. six foot. Yeah, so I should just say that I should change my driver's license so it, it so it's like legally there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, listen, do it. And if you got documentation that proves it. That's all you need. That's right. It's all about self-image. You, right, we you made, feel we like made you're six foot. This part out of the episode, though, so people don't know the truth. Yeah, let's not. Tell <laughs> if people know, they're gonna be like, "He won. Yeah, something happened." So, okay. So we got how tall you are. You're homeschooled. Uh, and so what sort of farming do you do? So I personally, I take care of all of the, um, all of the goats that the farm has. Um, and so I, I, I milk the goats during the summer and, um, take care of them. And then, and then we have a cheese maker who makes the cheese on the farm, um, which used to be my wife, but then we had children. And so now she takes care of the children and does social media. So it's good. <laughs> But, uh, Upside, when they're old enough, they can be the cheesemakers. They can do that. They can do all the nasty, uh, you know, cleanup for the goats that is possible. They can milk the goats. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to do anything. That's that's the yeah. bonus. Yeah. See, my mom. This is I, this is when I discovered that the real reason people have kids. My mom, we're she's like, hey, the reason we have six of you is one of you is bound to be a success. And take care of us when we're old. That's it. That's it. Just it increases the odds. So the upside, <laughs> since I'm mediocre, I don't have to take care of either one of my parents. <laughs> I got maybe, siblings for that. Maybe that's why everybody, so many people have. Maybe that's why people want to have more children. I don't know. I I can't see having more than two, but maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, weird. no. My wife and I, when like when we were talking about having kids, we're like, we're gonna have six, seven kids. Then we had one, and we were like, two feels yeah. good. Two yeah. is good. Two seems like a solid place to stop. So yeah, and we just we just had the second one to play with the first one. So <laughs> no, yeah. Again, you know, you take this. You can take this off the podcast recording. I didn't say that. No. Oh no no no! <laughs> she knows. All, I, all like, I know is this. Trust me, if your wife is anything like my wife, she knows. Yeah, she does. See, She's like, whatever. Go- I still got what I wanted, so I don't really care what he wants. It's fine. Yeah. Wait until you go to the basement now. <laughs> yeah, he's like that. Used to be my sacred space. All of a sudden, you're tripping on like toys and Paw Patrol stuff. Ugh. Yeah, Great. yeah. Flipping Paw Patrol. <laughs> Um, I feel like I had some. I had one more thing. No, I didn't write it down, so I forgot it. It's okay. Well, there you go. That's all I got then. All right, one last thing then. Let's talk Frozen Chosen real quick. How cold was that match? Okay, that one wasn't actually that bad. Um, it was. Oh. It was like thirty-five. And okay, and so it was, it was above freezing. It was above freezing. It started to like rain a little bit at the end, um, but it's been I the first year I shot it, which was 2018 or like January 1st, 2018. It was negative 17, um, even closer to 20, and and that it was it would be it was a disaster for like even just scoring the targets because you would shoot a target and then all the pasters would just fly off. So it was just like yeah. It was like this is good. This is a level one match, and 
So there. <laughs> right. But everybody gets alphas. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just crazy. Like what happens when it's that cold? Like that's not even crazy, that crazy cold, but like your people's guns weren't working, you know, like things were just it, everything. It changes so much. I mean, you had to shoot with like more clothes on. I don't know. And keeping your hands warm when you're trying to like go tape targets and be helpful. So it's, yeah, it, it's really interesting. It's, it's a fun match. Like I'll go every year that I can, at least I, if, if, if the weather's good enough to make the drive, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. So what was, go ahead, go ahead. Dave. What was the turnout for a match that's 17 below zero? It's consistently the, for that match. I remember there was like that club match usually gets like 30 people. Um, and we, we had like 55 people that year. It always wow. gets way more people. Every single year, it's like the biggest level one that they run. Dude, <laughs> it's, it's like crazy. a polar bear plunge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like, there right. you go. <laughs> That's 55 too are... many people. Um, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I don't, I don't, I'm going to, this, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without being hurtful. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that that's not look i huggy and i have a lot of insulation <laughs> zero chance you're gonna find me oh negative 17 when things are negative that means it's bad jay that's in the dictionary it's probably in the bible somewhere <laughs> You guys are going against God. It's just not right. <laughs> it's a good match. It's, if anybody wants to make the trip, the trip, you know, fly fly into Bangor, Maine, shoot the match January first. It's gonna happen. All I know, all I know is Bangor, Maine's cold. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that when I watch Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that girl from Bangor, Maine. Yeah, no, it's, no, good. You know what? I'll hear about it next when you tell us about it next time. I'll, yeah, that's good enough for me. That that's, that'll do it. That'll do. The that's trick too cold. Me. That is. I know. That... It's funny because May. I don't, I don't think Mason's ever shot that match, but uh, Mason was talking about it the episode he was on. He's like, I don't want to do that. I was like, yeah, it's yeah, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I can. I just find it interesting that. I mean, how can you even hold your gun? I mean, I will have to say that Leo and I had a a small, so one time a small taste of one it, time. <laughs> and I am telling you, it wasn't it wasn't as cold as it was up in Maine. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it was cold and it was snowing. Yeah, and we were trying to shoot. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm like trying to squeeze my gun, and I'm like, am I actually squeezing my gun because I can't feel my hands? <laughs> I. It's funny. I feel really bad for people with like metal guns, metal grips, because that gets so much worse too. Um, yeah. And so, like, I yeah. put the plastic guns are like okay, but they only get so cold. But yeah, the metal guns, like people are stuck sticking like hand warmers in the in the magwell and stuff, and you know, wow. it's so much. <laughs> smart, actually, unless but, you forget to take it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, make ready, son of a. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah that that could go very poorly for you. Uh, I always say those hand warmers, like those ones that you rip open and it's supposed to start getting warm because of the ambient air temperature. Yeah, no, they suck. 
And I'll tell you why. It's because I did that. I opened it up. And I'm like trying to, I'm like, why is this thing not working? Why is it not working? I'm rubbing it. And I'm like, why is it not working? The thing was like, it's too damn cold. I don't work. You know? They gave up. It just quit. Yeah. I was like, nah, man, I'm good. So then well, when I got back, when I got back in my vehicle, books. yeah, but when I got back in the vehicle, in my truck, I'm like, man, I picked the thing up and it was like on fire. I'm like, oh, now that you're inside a warmer environment, you want to work, right? No. Nah. No, it's because your giant mitts are like a heat sump that just takes all the, it just sucks everything. Because too much of you is what oh, it is. It's just oh, too much man yeah, in that, that fist. Yes. Yeah. We. <laughs> but anyway, well, we probably shouldn't let him get buried in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably go back to my wife and, and children at some point. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You know. Go uh, warm up sure. in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're safe and warm. <laughs> it's it's seriously been awesome to talk to you guys. This is this has been so much fun. Uh, well, we've been very happy to have you. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely gonna have to have you again. Oh, yeah. Is there any any final thoughts, comments, plugs? Yeah, I I, I should mention um, before I forget. Uh, kind of like uh, we talked about Steve, um, but also Steve's Steve's partners um, who also helped me out with. So that's like Targets USA. You mentioned them really quick. Um, yeah. He he makes some crazy stuff, so that helps a ton with my basement dry fire. Like the stomp pad that he makes is way better than the one that my brother made no offense to my brother <laughs> um it's and and like the targets he makes and he's always like he's always working to make things better and so it's really cool so targets usa outdoor dynamics who makes um ammunition who manufactures ammunition uh they've helped me out a ton especially in 2020 because that's before i was reloading um and uh i'm gonna maybe maybe people should just go and click on I don't know. Go listen to Steve's podcast. Maybe that would be the biggest thing because I, I can't remember them all. But like, oh, oh, also, not part of Steve's, but GX Products makes a really cool holster. I I'm, I'm bet everybody's seen them around, but they make a really sweet a sweet holster. Leif Kunkel um, does a really nice job. Um, and I'm going to forget the other ones. There's, there's more. I, AMG Lab, the timers, for, especially for looking at um, the data on matches when you have when you have a full match that's shot with them it's really cool anyway that's the last thing and okay. then and then for people to to consider taking their mental game like really seriously at least for a certain amount of time like dedicate just as much as you would on technical training to your mental game and then and see what that does um that's that's big and so I think if, if people take one thing away, then then the mental side is is really important. At least for me, it has been. Maybe people are different, but for me, it's been huge. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jay, for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, bud. Take it. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.